Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. She wore shoulder pads to the beach. She knew she was getting proposed to. What's happening? Everybody just shows up in shoulder pads to the ocean. I feel like a bitch for just saying what everyone is thinking in their head. She curled her hair. And as she should, I'm proud of her. Yes, if you know what's happening, pick out the best possible outfit. Do your hair and get your nails done. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our summer house edition. White summer house, black summer house, summer house in the Hamptons, summer house Martha's Vineyard. I'm excited, elated. I'm so happy to be with our new friends and we're going to talk about them in just a second, but we're going to get the Hamptons out of the way before we head on over to Martha's Vineyard. So you guys ready? Let's get into it. Well, sorry, ladies, Carl Radke is officially off the market. We have babed ourselves into oblivion and Lindsay has got that rock, that three carat rock on her finger. It's official. The rad houses are engaged. Over at the house, Corey tells everybody, um, everybody get to one side of the table because Kyle's going to be making a toast. I don't know what it's about. Danielle's immediately like, what the hell's going on? So Kyle announces, okay, so at this very moment, Carl's probably down on one knee proposing to Lindsay. We're actually not going to the beach. We're going to Dockers to celebrate them. You guys? Wah, wah, wee, wah. What we get in the hereafter is about the wildest reactions that I've ever seen. 
And I've seen several episodes of Oprah's Favorite Things episode in which people don't know that they're about to get a new car or a Harry and David pair set. Um, this was a lot. This was a lot. I've seen several dozens of men screaming after finding out that they were not the father. Um, you know, so gauging, keeping all that in mind, um, this Danielle still might be at the top of the heap of the most um, outrageous responses to um, an event I've ever seen. Let's get into it. As soon as she finds out that they're going to Dockers, deer in the headlights look. It is so quiet in that kitchen you can hear a needle drop until Corey's finally like, well, shit, uh, cheers to Carl and Lindsay, I guess, right? So then Kyle announces that Lindsay's family is coming to the Hamptons. This is going to be their first time. Carl told them about it. And so Danielle's like, oh, so this is an engagement party. And Kyle says, yeah, yeah, essentially. The breakdown commences. So Danielle says, well, glad Carl didn't tell me about this. That's really cool, but whatever. Says a lot, doesn't it? Says a lot without saying anything. Like I was about to show up in dungarees to a fucking engagement party. Now Paige, Paige who's been noted as a fashion contributor on her lower third since she's been on this show, turns to Sam and goes, what are dungarees? And then Sam has to say, well, they're jeans. Paige goes, for the British? <laughs> so the spiral continues with Danielle being like, Am I even going to be invited to the wedding? Who knows? It's such bullshit, Kyle. Like, oh my God. That's why they thought I was crazier for saying they were moving too fast. That's why. And that's why they pushed me the fuck away. But I'm sorry. That's so messed up. Like, for everything I've done for that friendship, like, this is so beyond crazy. Everybody's just staring at Danielle. Poor Lexi doesn't know what the hell's going on. Maya's trying to find her man Kyle and be like can you help her please give her a hug something Kyle's like I'm I'm trying I, I don't even know what to do right now so Maya gets up and is like hugging her Danielle's like it's like so fucked up and like honestly Carl couldn't even say anything to me like not even a text message on the fucking side no I can't give up any more tears for these fucking assholes Danielle said I'm Ariana Grande bitch I got no tears left to cry that turned out to be demonstratively false. About 45 seconds later, she goes into a, a, a heaping sob, I would say. But, you know, in the moment, in the moment, in the moment she said that. Namaya's phone then starts buzzing. It's Sierra. She runs out of the kitchen into the backyard like, bitch, bitch, can you hear me? Guess who just got engaged? So we could hear Sierra like, are you serious? And Maya's like, I'm not lying to you. We're literally getting dressed up to go to their engagement party right now. So back in the kitchen, Danielle's telling Kyle, like, I'm cut out of their entire engagement. Kyle's like, I don't really think you're cut out. Like, can we try to salvage this? Daniel goes, no, there's nothing left. There's nothing left. This is the final straw. Then Danielle says in a confessional, all I can think of is our friendship for the past however many summers. This is my girl who I've been rooting for, especially when it comes to men. Cut to the montage of her, you know, 
Lindsay bounding into a bedroom to tell her about how she got finger banged by Carl for the first time, you know, real American history, um, ranting and raving about Stravi and how she doesn't want to have to train a man. So Danielle's like, I've been there for Lindsay for years and I get cut out the first time. I don't have an opinion that's incredibly over the moon supportive. You guys are the best couple ever. And it breaks my heart. So then Danielle says, I'm happy for them, but I'm done. I'm just so fucking pissed off right now. And then she starts crying. There, you know, there's our lie. And goes back to the backyard, sobbing like, oh, Maya, 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 what's going on? And Maya's like, I got Sierra on the phone. Hold on. So Danielle's like, I wasn't involved at all. And now Sierra's on the Speaker phone, like, what is going on? What do you mean? Are they engaged? And it was like, I have no idea. See, I, I have no idea. And we have gone so far in the evolution of Danielle and Sierra's relationship. We've now gone down to a single letter. We we went from a Pinot Grigio to the to the to the decolletage to just calling her C. See, I don't know what's going on. How did this happen? How did this happen? So Sierra says, well, this is just like weird to me. And Maya says, yeah, I think everybody's definitely in a state of shock. So in a confessional, Sierra says, me and Paige could be in the worst fight of our life. And if Craig had the audacity to propose to Paige and didn't tell me, I would beat Craig's ass. Nope. I think it's rude. And I think it just further reiterates that you don't give a fuck about Danielle. Now, I would like to ask Sierra, much like I talked to Emily last week, you just said, if Craig didn't tell you, you would be pissed. But it really seems like Danielle is mad at both of them. To which I ask, why? Lindsay, listen, we know, I feel very strongly, I'm on Paige's side that she knew about this proposal, which is fine, right? I don't care. But... She was not a, an active participant in this proposal. She is the one who gets proposed to. She is the one who makes the choices to say yes or not. And that it is not on her. Like, outside of that, like, if you have to be mad at somebody, then I guess really you should be mad at Carl. But I don't know if she is really. Like, she is, but... It just seems like she's more pissed at Lindsay for the engagement, but it's not Lindsay's fault for saying yes. And also to Sierra's point, I mean, we can branch off a couple ways here. Um, Sierra has also been actively like friends with Craig and a champ well not a champion but like seemingly a a fan of their relationship this entire time so that would maybe lend more credence to like her being involved or at least uh, knowing about the engagement not Danielle I screamed to a pillow Danielle I've been thinking this is weird Danielle who has had a very difficult time with this relationship the entirety of the relationship you know what I mean? <laughs> it seems like Sierra has the kind of relationship with Craig and Paige that Danielle thinks that she should be having with Lindsay and Carl, but she doesn't. So to compare what might be happening with you and Paige and Craig is not a fair comparison, really. 
And also I think it's very clear that Paige allows Sierra to be involved in her relationship in ways that Lindsay wouldn't. And I don't think it's like a judgment either way. Like she can do whatever she wants. Um, But again, I think these are two very different situations. I also don't know that like this credit that Danielle feels like she's built up being the shoulder to cry on is really like worth all of this emotion now to me like I've been that friend and I feel like I'm trying to think like I've definitely been in situations where I didn't know that my best friends were getting engaged until they told me like it sent me a picture with a ring on my finger and it never even occurred to me to be like oh why didn't he tell me should I could I retroactively be upset about that (laughs) Maybe I should send some texts after those. But yeah, I don't know that it really bothered me. And I don't know that it should. I don't know. So meanwhile in the kitchen, Andrea and Sam are kind of having their own conversation. And remember Andrea said during one of his interviews about the season that like, you know, he was only here for two weekends and that the vibe in the house was very different weekend two than it was weekend one. Like it was very dark that second weekend. So he's talking to Sam and he's like, yeah, I don't really know what's like going on with Danielle and Lindsay. I haven't been around, but honestly, I'm really happy for Carl and Lindsay right now. So Sam says, do you wish everybody else was as happy as you are? And he says, yes. And then Sam says in a confessional, I am blown away by the volume of Danielle's reaction here. I'm excited for Lindsay and Carl. Do I want to say that right in this moment? Uh, probably not because I don't want it to be turned on me. I'll be happy for them over here. <laughs> so then Chris is like talking to Kyle and he's like, you know, Danielle's his homegirl, but he's telling Kyle... I want to comfort her, but I kind of feel like she needs to process her emotions right now. Kyle's like, yeah, I'm not going to help the situation. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) Kyle is (laughs) shell-shocked. Maya takes Danielle into the bathroom to calm the fuck down. And so Danielle says, okay, I'm going to go. I just, I like, I don't want to see them. I don't want to interact with them ever again. This is the end. Meanwhile, on the beach, like, totally different situation. Carl's telling Lindsay, oh, our love story's very just beginning. Lindsay's babing the fuck out. Lindsay's like, they're getting in the car. They're going to the restaurant. She's like, should I call my parents? I mean, she keeps asking all the right questions. Should I stand or should I sit right now? Oh, what does this mean? Should I wear this? Should I wear a blue dress to the beach for our bonfire? Oh, okay. Should I call my parents right now? And so Carl has to be like, no, I mean, I think your your uh, service is not going to be, you know, working. Don't worry about it. You'll just call them later. Of course, we know that, like, they're waiting at Dockers. But even, like, the, I mean, I want to be happy for them. But, like, it just, it's just getting kind of rehearsed here. <laughs> so Carl tells us that in addition to Lindsay's dad and stepmother, Um, he had her friend Danya and her husband or fiance come from DC and she knows Danya from her PR days and, um, some other friends were coming in. His mom couldn't be there. Queen Sharon couldn't be there because she just came. Um, but that's okay because he's like really focused on her and her family. Like it's about her, which, eh, okay. Seems a little weird, but, but all right. So inside... Gabby is talking to Chris. So she's trying to get the tea. 
Because we know that, like, Carl told Chris because he's going to be taking pictures later. So she's like, how long have you known about this? And he tells them, oh, well, Carl told me that he was thinking about proposing, like, maybe three, four weekends ago. So Paige says, Chris, this is really nothing against you, but, like, you've only known Carl for two months. He told you, but he didn't fucking tell Danielle. Like, even if they're fighting, they've been friends for six years. You sit her and you tell her, hey, this is what I'm planning. Okay, so last week I had a revelation and I was like, thinking about the parents coming in and the friends coming in. Like, this does require some pre-planning on his part. And I do give grace to Danielle for that. And I also want to give Danielle a little bit more grace because... This is a show and this is something that was going to be happening and playing out on the show. And there's more, even more planning that goes into that. And yeah, I mean, I do think it's not unfair to feel left out. But also what Danielle's not doing is recognizing, and I understand why, that this is a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy for her. Like, she is kind of, uh, I don't want to blame her, but I mean, it's, I've been in these situations where you're like, I know things are going to go badly, and then they do, and it's not entirely your fault, but you didn't help the situation either. (laughs) Oh, I feel bad for Danielle. But I can see how it's like, I was telling Emily last week, like, I'm not seeing a whole lot of evidence of Lindsay seeming very upset about the uh, decimation of this relationship, the decline of their relationship. And I also haven't really seen a whole lot of evidence of her trying in the way that she has promised Danielle that she would try in their relationship. Now, I see how this is happening because, again, y'all know how I feel about Lindsay Hubbard. Hubbard, like her, love her. She is not a girl's girl which is not a diss. She just lives in a very black and white and objective world. And I'm positive that in Lindsay's world, she's like, I would have tried, but Danielle keeps acting like a fucking weirdo. And so like, I don't want to try anymore. And then where Danielle is seeing it, like she's not trying and I'm acting like a weirdo because she's not trying. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like this, they're, they're, drawing out their weapons at the same time, but they're not seeing that they're like, I'm, you know, I'm stabbing you because you're stabbing me, but you're stabbing me because I'm stabbing you. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just like, they keep hurting each other, but not realizing that they both just need to call it. Like, you never get off the hamster wheel when both parties think that you're reacting to somebody's behavior. You know, you see what I mean? So back in the bathroom where Maya's taken Danielle, we have completely now broken the fourth wall because Danielle's now being talked down by a producer, co-executive producer named Nathan. He's trying to tell her like, you know, nobody's saying that you have to go to this engagement party, by the way. But Danielle's getting ready. She's like, yeah, but how would it look? Like, I wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't go, Nathan. So he is like, okay, well, what can I do? Can I help you? Can I get you anything? She starts sniffing. She's like, no, you can't help me with anything. And then she just starts talking to herself like, I can do it. 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 Sniffing, sneezing. Oh, it's bad. It's real bad. 
So when Danielle gets there, she's kind of got it together. She starts off by being super sweet to Lindsay's parents, and then she turns a corner when somebody asks, oh, have you seen the ring yet? And Danielle was like, no, I didn't even know this was happening. She told me, she told me absolutely nothing. Why would she tell you anything? This is not how that works. You see what I mean? She's blaming Lindsay for something that she is a passive participant in. So at this point, it's 7.48 p.m. This is her saying, I, she told me absolutely nothing. Then we get to 8.05. Somebody's like, oh, Danielle, how has summer been going? Oh, it's okay. Lindsay and I haven't been in the greatest place that we could be. You know, like, I'm completely in shock about this engagement party. Kyle told me about this an hour ago. And the friend's like, oh, oh, shit. Okay. Then we get to 13 minutes later at 8.21. She's telling two other women, I only learned about this an hour ago, so I'm a little pissed off. And they're like, okay, um, do you need some wine? Here, just, just have my drink, girl. It's fine. 8.32, that's 12 minutes after that, we run into Lindsay's friend from her PR days, Danya. So Danielle says, did you know? Who told you? So Danya says, we found out like three days ago, like we had to be here. And Danielle was like, okay, um, who told you? And she's like, Carl. So then Danielle goes, okay, you know, I like to call out bullshit when I see it. And then she's like, Danielle, sorry, Danielle says to Danya, I can tell you in my heart of hearts, I don't think I deserve what's going down but I'm going to try to put on a good face. So Danya is like, Danielle, this is the best day of Lindsay's life. You have to, you have to snap out of it. This is the best day of her life. So then Danielle snaps and is like, don't do that to me, Danya. And Danya's like, I'm not, I'm just saying like, you got to set this aside, please. So Danielle says, I'm just telling you because I haven't seen you. And Danya's like, no, I, I know, but like get your shit together, girl. Maya is peeping all of this page and Sam they've all been watching Danielle go to like these groups of one two and three people at a time to just go off about how she didn't know this she just found out about this an hour ago Kyle just told her Lindsay did not tell her she didn't know did you know how did you know I didn't know Carl didn't tell me how long have you known because I just found it an hour ago they're all watching this Maya's like I'm very worried about Danielle right now <laughs> Paige is like yeah, Danielle is not well. She should not be doing this here. Then stop her. And I wanted to be rocking with Paige and like Maya to an extent of like, okay, we're forming new friendships with Danielle. You guys are like winding her up a little bit more so Paige than really anybody. But like, here you are in a situation where you could really be a friend to Danielle and tell her like, this is not cute. This is not a good look. But what you guys are doing are sitting there and be like, damn, she looks real crazy. Ugh. Sucks to be her right now. So Maya says, honestly, this is not fair to Lindsay and Carl. So tell her that. Why didn't you tell her that when you were locked in her loving embrace? Like, whisper to her, girl, this is, this is not a good look. This is really not going to look good. Just like you took Sam into the, the back room and told her that she talked too damn much. 
get your girl together so she doesn't look like a blubbering idiot on national television and to all of Lindsay's friends and family. Because you know how that's going to go. Not well, bitch. So Lindsay and Carl arrive at about 8.44. She freaks out. She notices everybody there. She sees her dad. She has like a total uh, Nancy Myers moment. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm engaged, daddy. Daddy, I'm engaged. Uh. <laughs> a little too much for me. I'm a little too cynical, okay? The New York's a little too thick on me. This daddy, I'm engaged shit. Oh, I can't do it. But I'm happy for her. But it was a little too much for me. <laughs> so let's move on. Um, Danielle goes up to her. Lindsay. Well, like, Lindsay's in her receiving line. She's hugging Kyle. And so Danielle is like, okay, well, then maybe I'll just give her a little Duggar side hug while Kyle's hugging her. And she just goes, yay, with the fakest smile plastered on her face. Ooh. Lindsay doesn't even pay her any mind. She's like, thank you, love you. And then goes off to hug Corey like, oh my God, this is just so much. Like, she's over it. So Lindsay starts making the rounds and, you know, doing the story. I'm going to tell you guys the engagement story. Like, oh, I was wondering, we were setting up a bonfire, but like, I don't know, stranger things have happened. I was just going to go with it. Paige is still sitting on the bench, right? Bump on a log. Cut to her in a confessional squinting and being like, hello? She wore shoulder pads to the beach. She knew she was getting proposed to. And I know the page haters around the globe were just like, oh, this bitch. But for me, I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And she goes, nobody shows up in shoulder pads to the ocean. I feel like a bitch saying what everybody's thinking in their head. She curled her hair. And as she should, I'm proud of her. Yes, if you know what's happening, pick out the best possible outfit, do your hair, get your nails done. Be prepared, girl. This is a page that I like. Like, this is a page where I know that we can have, like, one to three to seven glasses of wine and, like, really talk shit about people. Just, like, just light shit. You know, just light shit. Yeah, she wore shoulder pads to the beach. Let's talk about it. Maya notices that Danielle has not been crying for at least 20 minutes. And so Paige well, goes, well, that's a good sign. So then Carl takes Kyle, Kyle rather, takes Carl aside and, you know, starts laying it on real thick. Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you guys. I know that we've been through a lot this summer, but I don't want you to think for a second that this clouds my happiness for you guys. Because, you know, I know you guys well enough to know that this is a real deal. But I'm going to give you a heads up and just let you know that um, Danielle's reaction was uh, emotional. I think she just assumed that she would have been in the know. Like, she's hurt. She was completely left in the dark. So Carl's like, obviously I feel bad that she's hurt. But, like, given how things have gone in the last two months with Danielle and Lindsay, I'm giving them time to figure out, like, what, figure out what they need to. (laughs) And this is what's confusing to me because later he says, I've known Danielle longer than anybody in this house and she's been such a great friend to me. And he like, he gets into detail about it and that's where I'm thinking like, okay, maybe I really am wondering 
how much for Danielle is this an issue between she and Lindsay and an issue between she and Carl? Because I feel like she and Carl clearly have had their own individual friendship. And I feel like Carl's being less of a good friend to Lindsay than Lindsay's being. And I don't feel like she's recognizing that. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Because like Emily said, Carl's now fully gone into boyfriend mode. And now he's like, well, I'm just going to let you two girls handle it. And I'm just going to be the boyfriend on the side. Like, and whatever you guys figure it out, like, I'll just be here. I also feel like it's part of that because Carl isn't really seeing Lindsay's side with this. And that's why he wants to be kind of neutral. Because remember that whole big... Uh, kerfuffle that they had a couple weeks ago where Lindsay popped off and it was like why when you had things you know you when you had your talk with Danielle and she was good with you why was that okay but like you know I'm you know stuck here having my issues with Danielle but like you guys are good and so everything's good for, for you like why is that I I really have a feeling and I've said this before because Danielle said like a few months ago that like she and Carl text each other. I just have a feeling that Carl is like maybe more conflicted about this situation than he wants Lindsay to know, <laughs> frankly. And so I also think like because of that, it's like to the detriment of his relationship with Danielle. And I've been feeling like Carl doesn't say things and whether he realizes it or not, it ends up making Lindsay look worse or like the bitch in the long run. And that sucks. At that point, they decide to take the party back to the house for like a real bonfire kickback situation. You know, like the friends from in town are coming over the house and like it's a whole vibe, right? But like we don't really see them really partying. We just kind of see the the overhead camera footage of this. But Paige goes into her room with Maya. She calls Craig. And this, again, I thought was like kind of mean girl behavior because they were sharing a room. It was like Maya, Danielle, and Paige all sharing a room. And they're like talking cash shit about Danielle while Danielle's like roaming drunk around the bed, around the house, like trying to figure out where her friends are. Paige is on the phone with Craig being like, Danielle was so upset at this engagement party to the point where it got awkward. So Craig's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. What was Danielle upset about? And Paige is like, she was just saying this is so fucked up. She went around asking everybody when they found out about the engagement. And then Danielle, I don't know if y'all noticed this. Danielle goes back into the room and Maya goes, I'm sorry. I just can't stop laughing. <laughs> Yike. So the next day, somebody plans some stupid villains and vixens flag football beach we just got engaged game I don't care you guys know I don't give a shit about that um Danielle says she doesn't really know what she's gonna say if she's going to be saying anything to Lindsay and Carl because she doesn't want to make things all about her <laughs> do we want to add again on to the end of that sentence or we'll think about it anyway Carl tells Lindsay before they get started, you know, of course, on one of the most special times in my life and your life, Kyle pulls me aside last night at Dockers and says, hey, uh, just a heads up, Danielle feels hurt that she wasn't in the loop about what went down. 
I told her I was ring shopping and that this was something I was looking to do. I didn't tell any of the girls in the house anything. This is our thing. And Lindsay's like, babe, you don't have to feel defensive right now or that you need to feel like you justify who you told or who you didn't tell. The night wasn't about her. It was, you know, out of all people, Danielle should be very clear why she wasn't involved. I'm not going to entertain this any longer. You're not going to feel bad about it or ever apologize at all. You don't owe anybody anything. <sighs> I thought, I gotta say, well, now I'm having a little bit of a revelation. Lindsay played this incredibly cool, all things considered, but I also think maybe she really just doesn't give a fuck about Danielle anymore. And maybe it's just like not even worth her energy. Also, she just got engaged and you know, like that probably changes things a little bit for you. Or at least it would for Lindsay. So, you know, hmm, interesting. Corey is still terrorizing Sam by saying that he doesn't want to tell her how he actually feels, but, you know, yeah, like, I want to hang out after the summer. This man is 32, by the way. Three. With a two at the end. He's seven years older than her, and he can't even look this woman in the eye and say, I like you. Sam has to tell him, I want you to tell me, in your own words, what you want the plan for us to be because she is so terrified and so afraid of rocking the boat because she knows who this man is. She knows that he is a fucking Humpty Dumpty in the face and in the ego. One little, and it's over. Okay. And she's like, not even willing to risk it. She's not going to play that game. So, you know, he plays this thing about, also he's in a, he has managed to fashion a, uh, himself a crop top out of a hoodie in a sleeveless crop top with a hood. Oh my God. Where, where are the real himbos? I want them back. Thank God we have him on Martha's Vineyard. Anyway, um, he says in a confessional something about like, you know, he tries to be cool. So he freezes up and like, he like can't share his emotions or whatever. And, but like, he really wants us to be more of a Hampton thing. Again, grow up then. Grow up. Maybe you should stop listening to Jordan fucking Peterson. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll help you along your path. Also, like, I don't really even believe that because Sam said, God bless her, please break up with this man, that they didn't even make things official until, like, right before his episode started to air on the show. Did we not think about how weird the timing of that was? Y'all been talking to each other since the summer? And he didn't want to make it official. And... <laughs> Mm, something to think about. Anyway, we're back in the city. Gabby goes on her first blind date with, did we get his name? I don't know. He was giving um, American Psycho a little bit, but then he asked a pretty good question, or at least a question that would keep me interested, and I'm not even kidding at this point. Um, name your top 10 fruits, and, you know, I I, I would find that to be a satisfaction. Fascinating question. Um, anyway, the date seems fine. Gabby says that this is her first real 
like technically her real first blind date because she's had blind dates before but you know she stalked them on the internet beforehand so that doesn't really count this is a guy who she really hasn't done any research on later we find out she didn't even ask what his sign was so she's really doing things a little bit differently he seemed fine he seemed fine it's also gabby's birthday gabby gabby's birthday is on may 9th so happy birthday gabby Kyle and Amanda then have a conversation and we find out that while she was in the city for the weekend, she also went to the doctor and got a blood test, got her ultrasound done, and she finds out that she doesn't have PCOS, but she does have some lower than expected estrogen, which causes all of the symptoms that she has been having lately. Shifts in her mood, depression, fatigue, things of that nature, can't concentrate. And she has like kind of an emotional moment of like, I think when you have that, you know, that aha, like, oh, this is what it is. It's like, oh, that's great. But then it's also like, oh my God, this is what it's been. Like, I'm not crazy. I've been thinking my body doesn't feel right. And I was right. Kyle doesn't really say much aside from, you know, you're perfect. You just need a little estrogen. You know, it's about as supportive as we can expect from Kyle, I think. (laughs) So uh, then we head back into the Hamptons. It's the last weekend. Craig is there trying to do anything at all with this relationship with Paige not working. Danielle tells us that, or Paige rather, tells us that she and Danielle are going to be planning a yacht party. Corey's going to be hosting a sushi dinner to thank everybody for um, letting him, hello, be a homosexual for the last few weeks and allowing him to get a check and be on television. Thank you very much. Um, Paige has in a confessional that Craig gets insecure when he does things like, I don't know, notices how obvious it is that she doesn't care about the trajectory of their relationship, which she says is fair, but she also wishes that he would stop because it makes her nervous. (sighs) It's like, it's funny, but it's also like, girl, maybe just be single, you know? (laughs) You don't have to be in a relationship. You don't really seem to want to be in one. So just don't be in one. Nobody's, you're fine. One day, do you think Paige is ever going to look back at her life and be like, damn, I found myself in one long-term relationship after the other with men who were absolutely willing to lay down their lives for me and and get married. And yet, nothing. <laughs> Shout out to her. Salute a bad bitch when you see one. Anyway, Robert is also there um, for the next 14 to 18 hours, 14 to 15 hours. Paige asks him and Danielle, like, have you guys spoken to the engaged couple, as she calls them? And Danielle says no. Robert says that he sent them both the text, but only Lindsay responded. So in his words, he's uh, not too pleased with the tall gentleman. And he just feels like things seemed malicious. So Paige tells Danielle, what I think is like, I told Craig that I feel like Carl's biggest fear is pissing Lindsay off. And so that if he involved you in the engagement, Lindsay would have been pissed. So he couldn't do that. Which Danielle doesn't say anything. Another seed is planted. 
this of all of the seeds that Paige has planted, this is the one that I'm not gonna allow to water. I, I don't. I think this is a bit of a reach. This is a bit of a reach. Um, so Lindsay's busy doing something we've never seen, which is cook. Has Lindsay ever cooked? I don't think I've ever seen it happen, much less a random pineapple upside down cake. But she says in a confessional, I have zero interest in Danielle this weekend. I spent all week talking to every single one of my friends who came out last weekend who told me in detail their conversations with Danielle where she complained to them about me getting engaged to Carl. You acted a fucking fool. You made my entire engagement between two people the happiest moments of our lives about you. This was just the icing on top of what you've done all summer. Not only are you not my best friend anymore, you're not my friend. Zero. Zilch. Done. So then outside, Carl's telling Kyle like he's still frustrated with Danielle. And he says in a confessional, I knew Danielle before I knew anybody in this house. Danielle has seen me at my absolute worst moments. And she always kind of looked over those and still was like, you're my friend. I love Danielle. I really do. We've had a lot of fun together, but I do want to try to extend an olive branch, but also understand that we're hurt too. And maybe a little separation is okay. And this is the kind of stuff that confuses me as to where Carl is at emotionally, because he says, I want to, I want to try to extend an olive branch, but I also understand that we're hurt. It's like the we as a as a Carl as a red house, we are hurt. I understand that this is the emotion that we're supposed to be feeling, <laughs> but like I want to extend. Carl wants to extend an, an olive branch. Carl and Lindsay are hurt, so maybe we just need to like separate until that. That's what I'm hearing. Like, do you guys feel that way too, or do you think that also he? Doesn't, I don't know, because also I'm thinking, I'm like too, I'm too inside on this, I think. I saw a an interview with, with Lindsay and Carl's just sitting there while Lindsay's going on and on and on about the situation with Danielle and he's looking like more and more uncomfortable and Lindsay's keeping it extremely cute for Lindsay Hubbard, I would say a little sassy <laughs> for a normal person, um, but he just seems so uncomfortable and I just feel like I don't think I don't think he would be that upset about this or he would like be I think he wants to be friends with Danielle that's just that's my truth I I feel like 2023 Carl and 2022 Carl too has always wanted to just be friends with Danielle and let all of this go but I think he he's like I'm in this relationship and I can't do it that's my truth that's my truth so Carl tells Kyle that it's not fair that he has to deal with how he chooses to tell people about his engagement. And Kyle's like, listen, don't shoot the messenger. All I'm trying to do is to get you to see her side so that like when the time comes, when you guys do talk, listen, if you're talking to her, how you're talking to me right now, honestly, I worry that this is a breaking point in some of his friendships. Mm. <laughs> so then everybody goes to this bar again I need to know, maybe I'll just DM Lindsay myself, what was the urgency of making a pineapple upside down cake before y'all went to the club? Just a normal question. Just a fair, I I think a fair question. Anyway, Robert takes Carl aside 
takes Carl aside. Danielle's watching because clearly they had a conversation before this in which Danielle probably crying, crying, crying. And Robert was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to Carl about this. I tried to text him. He didn't text me back. Like he's feeling some type of way because Carl never texted him back. And he's like, you know, I'm going to take up for my girl. Obviously, Dan Danielle finds this extremely attractive. And honestly, possibly I've never found Robert more attractive than in this moment. Um, maybe that's also because I... I've never really seen him make eye contact with people. <laughs> and so that was refreshing. But um, ugh, this was rough. This was rough. This was rough. So Danielle's telling the girls, like, I'm just, like, going to keep an eye on things because I want to make sure, like, things go as planned. Sam's like, I can feel how tense you are. So Robert starts off by saying... I'm extremely happy for you guys. But like, obviously a lot has hap happened this summer between Danielle and Lindsay. And the biggest thing with me is like, why didn't you come to her? Why didn't you come to Danielle and tell her anything about the engagement? Because for her to be the last person to know was like almost embarrassing. So Carl says, I see that man. But like, I just, I guess I didn't tell any of the girls in the house. And Robert's like, that's the thing. I think that's maybe the phrase that hurts though, because Danielle's not just a girl in the house to Lindsay. She never really has been. Danielle's been there through the Stravies. She's been there through what happened last time between the two of you guys. Danielle was always there to pick up the pieces. So it's almost like for Lindsay to finally have her happy of, happily ever after, it's almost just as important for Danielle as it is for Lindsay. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I, I don't know, Robert. <laughs> this feels like a lot. This feels like the conversation we've been having a lot of like early 20 feelings on late 30s conversations. This just feels like we're too involved. Like... Yeah, if it's about Danielle, like, guiding her and wiping her tears and holding her hand and, you know, cleaning her sex toys. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I said that. But if it's about her being supportive in every possible way, then why... I don't know. Then, like, just be happy for her. Then, like, part of that is just being, like unabashedly happy for your friend regardless of how shit goes down regardless of like if you found out or not you should just be happy for her because you've been there it's almost this 
the entitlement is what's losing me. Kind of like what's happening with Rachel Fuda over in New Jersey. She keeps talking about her um, adoption with the son and how she's like, I don't understand. Why do we have to go through the proper channels to um, ask the mother if she wants to give up her rights or not? Like, I have been raising this kid without her. And so like, I'm owed parental rights and like, I shouldn't have to do this. She, it's giving like Danielle feels like in exchange for being there for you, I am owed this thing. But also like, what is it? You're owed a heads up on an engagement. Like, is this really what you're crying about? (laughs) I just feel like it's one of those things that maybe you would cry in the moment. But once you think about it and you say it out loud, like I sobbed to so hard that an entire mansion of people and production were stunned to silence (laughs) for like a while. (laughs) And then I went to a party and I went around and I told everybody how upset I was and I have not spoken to either people since then and like it just feels like if you said it out loud maybe you would be like ooh uh oh you know what I mean I'm gonna have you guys know that I just sat here for like a couple seconds because that made me cringe and I didn't even do it so Robert goes on to say I know that they've been going through so much but like to throw it all away because you know for one of the biggest days in your life because you they had an uncomfortable summer like I don't know I I just I didn't see it going down like this so Carl says and I feel bad I do but Danielle still has had a lot of things to say about our relationship and there's been a lot of things that I haven't been as comfortable sharing with Danielle about Lindsay so Robert says well if you don't feel comfortable talking about it with your best friend it were with her best friend is it about their relationship or like I don't want to say this man but like Maybe is it about your relationship with Danielle? Because I don't want it to be that that's what that's about. And like, Robert, what are you talking about at this point? Like, what is, what would that mean? What, what would that be? How would that be so devastating? They're also friends. That's why you're talking to him about it. So Carl says, well, I haven't really told Danielle anything about our relationship because of the tension between the two of them, but I get why she's hurt. I really do. So Robert says, I just don't want to like shed or, or put like a cloud or of anything over your engagement. I just want you guys to be happy. But quite frankly, now it just kind of seems like you guys are just two people that had got engaged that we knew one time. So at that point, Carl's white pants get a little bit tighter and he gets up and is like, I, I, I don't know. I need to take a break. So Kyle sees this, Danielle sees it. Danielle makes a beeline for Robert and is like, what did you just say that made him walk away? And Robert, I don't know what Robert said, but it wasn't what he said to Carl. He was just like, oh, well, I said that we were upset about it, (laughs) which is not what he said. But anyway, um, Kyle files after Carl and Kyle's not, Carl's not, he doesn't want to talk, but he doesn't want to talk in front of the cameras. He's not telling Kyle, like, fuck off. He's telling, like, I'm not doing this in front of the cameras. Fuck you guys. Double middle finger. And then we get a to be continued. 
Oh, I mean, we have not seen Carl, like, pissed off in some white jeans in a long time. And, like, I don't want for that. I don't want that for him. I want to protect his peace. But we did need this a little bit just for entertainment value for the show. So thank you. Um, anyway, let's move on to Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I have eyes for Jordan. I mean, who wouldn't? She's beautiful. Thank you. No problem. But if I'm pursuing a woman, she will know it. She will feel that energy that I'm reverberating to her. Nick has slid in my DMs. And I put him on restrict. I was tired of the hard eyes. I was tired of the fire signs responding to my stories. Which I thought was whack. Hey, y'all. Jordan and Amir about the Oh. All right, guys, let's talk about Summer House Martha's Vineyard, which I saw the review or not the reviews, rather the uh, ratings for that. Highly disappointed, you guys, highly disappointed. And I think we need to do a little bit better next week. You guys, we're watching this show. This isn't like me talking about Seeking Brother Husband where I'm like, oh, haha, we're watching this as a family. No, I'm demanding that you do. This is not a, a request. It's a demand. You will like it. And we will have fun. The summer should be fun. And also, it will be mandatory. But anyway, let's get into Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard, the place to vacation if you're an affluent African-American. The house that we see them, stunning. Right on the water. It's giving um, old money. It's giving wealth. It's giving uh, quiet luxury, as the kids say. And I'm in. I'm comfortable with my friends. I'm having a great time. I'm dipping in the pool. I'm looking at the river and maybe pretending to do a little bit of yoga, but actually doing a thirst trap. Shout out to you, Alex. Um, so we start hopping off of planes. We're hopping into puddle jumpers into Martha's Vineyard. We're at day one of 15, which I think is a really great um, timeline for a first season. I think 15 days getting to know our friends is, is great. I, I think that's like actually a perfect amount of time. So the first person we meet is Jasmine, aka Mrs. Cooper. And if you forgot that she was married, she will remind you over and over and over again in the most increasingly whack ways, ways which you couldn't even imagine. She's she's an inventive queen. Okay, so she got married to Silas three months ago at this point. We're they got married in June of 2022. So then we meet Preston. Preston is the attorney. He is a queer activist. He is Silas's line brother from the Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity. So they explain what a line brother is. It's basically like a fat, frat brother or sorority sister, your line brother, your line sister, but for the, you know, the, the divine nine, the black um, Greek system. Um, so I think they were actually in the same line at the same time but you can also refer to like a line brother or line sister i think if you're just like in the same sorority or fraternity but don't come for me all I, i'm not in one i might i might have gotten that wrong and i know you people are very sensitive <laughs> i'm doing the best i can the next person we meet is bria and her dog, a long-haired dachshund named milo milo which will be the focal point of the first episode <laughs> <laughs> in the best possible way. Jasmine says in a confessional, um, 
all of us walked in here with two legs and Milo walked in here with four. So I don't know how Bria is thinking she's going to get past us without addressing the paws in the room. So we find out that Milo is Bria's ESA, her emotional support animal. Um, something, you know, that has a bit of controversy in the uh, uh, animal community. There are a lot of people who will go down to the Petco and be like, I need a distinction. And this is going to get me and my dog on a plane and everywhere and my dog will be everywhere with me. And that's not really how it works. And it doesn't seem how it's going to be working over here in Martha's Vineyard. Preston because my, becomes my best friend immediately when he says in a confessional that Bria reminds him of somebody who spent like two hours preparing for a pageant and then didn't quite make it. Like it, it's a lot. She's She's a lot right off the bat. We got the dog. We've got this like... A loud graffiti jacket she's breezing in it's just it's it's a it's a vibe it's it's a vibe it's a whirlwind so jasmine and bria met when they were playboy club bunnies they also met a couple other girls in the house from there jordan um shanice who we don't meet but i think we meet in the episode two and they are like part of the same group bria and jasmine but they weren't that close right so they were just like the other girls got a lot closer and they were just sort of part of the friend group. Bria now lives in Germany with her boyfriend, Simon, but Jasmine is like playing this relationship immediately. She's asking, oh, do you think you'll be interested? I'm going to introduce you to some guys in the house. And Jasmine even says in a, in a confessional, you know, it's always a different guy with Bria. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we were all like Simon who in six months. Jordan, we also meet Queen, love her already. Also knows Jasmine and Bria from the uh, from the Playboy Club, but they're like in very different places in their lives. Like they're best friends, BFFs. But Jasmine is now married, which Jordan calls a little Betty Crocker ish, and Jordan's still out here living her best life. After that, we meet Nick and Alex, the two Kappas to the alphas in uh, Preston and Silas, and they act like it, frankly. They're the pretty boys, and they're just like the living stereotypes, both of these groups of like the Kappas and the alphas. The alphas being the first like black fraternity, and so they are like, oh, on Father's Day, the Kappas gotta give, a, give us a Father's Day card, and then, you know, here comes Nick, who looks like he walked right out of a Ralph Lauren ad with the hat, with the with the hat, the ride brim hat, Alex is a vegan. He doesn't really drink. No pork on my fork. He's like, you know, I just feel better when I don't drink, but I have the occasional glass every now and then. And, like, I support people on their journeys, but there's also, like, those people, you know what I mean, who are just like, well, you just seem really out of control. Like, I really like to be more in control of my body than, you know, other people when I drink, not like you. <laughs> I'm going to give Alex a little bit of a break for now, for now, but we'll see. I got my eye on Alex. Nick thinks that the Kappas are the penthouse of the fraternity and he dresses down. Does he dress like Fonsworth Bentley? Yes, but he dresses down. He asks everybody if he can have the room with the biggest closet because he is packed for these two weeks so that he never repeats an outfit. He comes from a single mother and they their favorite pastime of shopping. And so that's what they do. Um, 
So then we meet Amir. Amir says, <laughs> he, he establishes his himbo identity immediately in a confessional. And he says, I'm Amir and I'm from the great state of Austin. That's not a state, is it? Texas. I'm from the great state of Texas. And I live in Austin. He's half black, half Lebanese, but he was raised by his uh, mother, who's Lebanese. When Jordan arrives, the baddie. Jordan the baddie. Silas does in a confessional. She's a really good friend to Jasmine, but she's the party friend. And that's like, doesn't really vibe now that Jasmine is a married woman. I mean, these, the way these people are acting like, we'll save it for later. So then uh, Jordan's like, she, we introduced, she is, like I said, a baddie. She introduces herself to Amir and it's like sparks immediately. Like it was giving real world vibes, like old school real world where the hottie, the two hotties meet each other for the first time. And you're like, well, here we are. Sparks are flying immediately. Then we meet Mariah. Mariah has also known Jasmine. They've known each other since freshman year of college. Mariah says she met Jasmine when her arm was broken. She was in a cast and Jasmine came up and gave her a high five and Mariah wanted to fight her immediately, but somehow they've been friends ever since. <laughs> Mariah is also a single mother to a seven-year-old boy who's going to be staying with um, his dad and his mom while she's here. We're also introduced to a new element the truth booth. Um, it is an in-house confessional, kind of like we've been doing with Girls Trip or, you know, like they did, again, old school, real world. And Preston is the first person in the truth booth. He says, I'm noticing attraction between Amir and Jordan. It's cute, but I'm not a pot stirrer. But I do have a big spoon if I need to. <laughs> so earlier, Amir told a couple of the guys, like, Alex and Nick, they're playing pool. And Amir says, yo, like, do you guys have your eye on anybody? Because I would like to stake my claim on Jasmine. If, if I, excuse me, not Jasmine, Jordan, if I need to. Uh, which, Amir's going to be a problem. I, I can tell that. He is maybe, I was going to call him our of the house, but I think that's unfair to Amir. I think that's really unfair. <laughs> but the fact that you are like talking amongst your, your brethren and being like, which one do you want? Because I'm calling dibs on this girl. <laughs> oh, he's going to be a problem. He really is. Nick is also interested in Jordan, but he says in a confessional, you know, if I'm pursuing a woman, she'll know. She'll feel that energy that I'm reverberating to her. Cut to Jordan in a confessional who says, Nick has slid into my DMs. Cut to her. You know, she was posting a, an IG story about like, oh, I'm hosting a Playboy party. Who's going to come or whatever. And he says, oh, I'm about to pull up. And Jordan says that she put him, she put Nick on restrict because she was tired of all the hard eyes and the fire emojis that he kept responding, which she thought was whack. <laughs> Does he know? Do you know when, like, you're restricted? Can I do that? I might need to do that on a couple people. Jordan, let me know how, how you do that and what happens. What happens? So after that, Preston, who said in the truth booth, truth booth that he is not a pot stirrer, he walks right out of that booth and yells, Jordan and Amir are going to fuck. 
I'm loving Preston. Jordan and Preston might be my top two at this point. So everybody sits down for dinner. Uh, the lady of the house, the Coopers, have uh, hired a chef. Ever heard of one? So everybody sits down for dinner, and Amir is talking about his life and his relationship to blackness and how he really didn't have any. Um, he didn't get his skin and hair together until he was like 24. He, um, his mom used to cut his hair. I think he said in the shower. How long was she cutting your hair in the shower, Amir? But anyway, she was cutting his hair in the shower and she would just do one all around, all over. So very basic, very basic. But then he says that he's now getting, now that he's got his lineup and all of that, that he's now getting 50 to 100 DMs a day. And then he says, it's bad. His face would let you know he does not find this bad at all. He's, he's faking the funk on being humble. And this is why I'm saying he's kind of like Corey. It's this like late in life hotness to um, emotional terrorist pipeline. I'm going to give Amir a little bit more credit because we haven't seen it. But like he really has that G shucks. Um, golly gosh. I know that I'm so fucking cute and I can't take it. And neither can you bitches. And <laughs> it's really <laughs> very funny to watch. The obvious difference between Amir and Corey, of course, is um, clearly their politics are very different. Amir seems to be very excited to be in Martha's Vineyard, this like black hub, and to be surrounded by blackness and to uh, find more of a foothold in the black community that he hadn't had before. Um, whereas Corey is still, you know, following white su supremacist people. And, and liking anti-trans and anti-black um, things. Oh, you know, like people still complain. Do you guys know that people are still complaining about that damn WAP video? <laughs> Three years ago, that song came out, and we're and and the conservatives acted like this shit came out a month ago, and they're horrified at what the WAP video that is three years old is doing to our children today. It's ruining the fabric of America. Get out of here. So Jasmine tries to have like her own little black excellence moment when she talks about her motivations for coming to the vineyard. She wants to, she summers here because I like to expand the community and I want to be rooted in something. And Mariah, who is her like writing partner and bestie, says in a confessional, <laughs> oh, we come to the vineyard every year. Girl, bye. You've been here twice. <laughs> And this is the shit that we're not going to be getting on the, on the other summer house. This is so good. The blackness that is coming out, the just like, they will, like, we're using our own language, our own, our own code, our own wording, and it's just a delight to watch. Like, never would somebody in the Hamptons, like, imagine Paige or somebody... Being like, oh, what is Amanda talking about how much she loves the Hamptons? She's only been here. This is only her third day out here. You know, like this would just never happen. It would just wouldn't. So everybody cheers to black excellence. And then we have a little bit of a record scratch moment when Preston lovingly says, respectfully, I actually hate that term black excellence because 
I feel like people have co-opted it. Like to me, black excellence is my mom who had three kids by the age of 23 and was able to like scrape and survive without a college degree. But this new version of black excellence seems to just be kind of rooted in white acceptance. And then Preston explains like, I am a black queer activist and I have a lot of opinions. And then he does say like, we are excellence. I'm not saying that we're not. I don't, I don't want to be a contrarian for the sake of it. I just want us all to think a little bit differently, which is something that like, I honestly had not thought about because I don't know, I got a lot of things in my mind, but um, <laughs> I, I thought that was like a very interesting perspective and also a really good way to like call people in because I think it could be very easy to and I think he knows probably as an activist how to address people to not and, and like disarm them rather than like like he says be a contrarian for the sake of it like I, I actually really like what Preston's doing do I think that pe there's a potential there for people to go left with that absolutely but in this case I'm team Preston all the way. So after dinner, Jasmine tries to ask Bria again if she's interested in any of the guys. Are you liking Alex? What do you think about Nick? And Bria's like, no girl, I have a man. I'm wifed up. In a confessional, Jasmine says to go across the pond to live with somebody just seems aggressive. Like we're skipping some steps. We're leaping the frog. But Bria says in a confessional, I already told you I'm wifed up. What's not clicking? What's not going to the top floor here? Jasmine is judgy. Judgy Jasmine. And I don't know. Like, she's clearly insecure. And she's clearly, like, she's on pins and needles trying to make sure everything is right. That That is very clear. But this shit about Bria and, like, you just don't. Basically what you're saying is like Bria's kind of ran through. You don't trust her uh, opinions on relationships and you think that she's just very flighty. And But I think some of this is just like, like maybe Bria had some men in the past, but I also think this is like, oh, Jasmine's got a ring on her finger and now she's got to be judgmental of people or she is allowed to be judgmental of people and, and talk about skipping steps. But Jasmine, you said in the intro that you met Silas in 2020. Was I wrong about that? And that you got married because Bria says, oh, you know, like I moved in with him after a few months and she's like, oh, who am I to judge? We got engaged after six months. So what are you talking about leaving the frog and skipping steps for? Your whole relationship has been in the pandemic. So I don't want to hear that. And six months of it, y'all weren't even together. So... <laughs> What is he talking about? What are you talking about, Jasmine? Everybody gets into the hot tub for like a drink or dare. And the question is posed to Amir and Alex. Kiss the person that you're most attracted to in the house. They both kiss Jordan on the cheek. And she says in a confessional, duh, like they're not blind. How about you ask me a question and get to know me? Like, we get it. I'm cute. What else? <laughs> Someone makes Alex sing. Why did y'all do that? It, I mean, and it's just like, I don't even know if he was singing an actual song. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not even going to say, I'm not even going to do it. I can't do it. it. It makes me cringe. It wasn't bad. It was just like generic R&B. I'm singing lyrics. Again, I don't think they were to an actual song, but 
Alex has said a confessional, you know, I'm around a lot of musical people and, you know, he's being very humble. You know, my cousin's a very popular singer, but then Jasmine tells us it's John Legend. His cousin is John Legend. Clearly he's not ordinary people. And then she laughs so hard at a fucking John Legend ordinary people joke. Baby, I am so confused about Jasmine. (laughs) Then we get to the next morning. Silas tells us that he's going to be working from home most of the trip. He's got, he's booked and busy. He's in the army reserved. He's working in finance. He's Liberian. He just wants to make his family proud. So like, he's got a lot of, a lot going on. So then Jasmine and Mariah also start to do some work. They're writing on a, they're like working on a screen, they're screenwriting, right? So Mariah tells us that back in 2017, Jasmine, who's living in New York, invites Mariah up to New York to like live with her. Let's do whatever. But didn't tell Mariah that she was getting evicted. And so as soon as she gets up there, they see the eviction notice like you got 30 days before you have to move out. So they end up living out of Mariah's car for four months and ends up writing a show about the experience. They filmed a pilot, whatever. So they're working on that. So they go to the sunroom to like continue writing. Jasmine notices immediately Milo's fur. His dog hair is on that pristine white couch, livid. She ends up finding a big old roll of tape and she's like taping up the couch and she's showing the evidence to Bria who's... (laughs) Bria and Milo are living their best life. Milo's swimming in the pool. He's doing it. He's getting his laps in. Bria's, you know, clapping on the side like, oh, I, I taught Milo how to how to swim in the ocean and here comes jasmine um milo's hair is all over the couch bria um it's all over the couch and bria's like yeah that's crazy like i don't know what to do about that sorry (laughs) so jasmine gets annoyed immediately she's like i didn't know about the dog and mariah clearly is like her mouthpiece right so mariah's like okay Bria, come over here. We need to hash things out. Bria comes over. Jasmine says, Milo is disturbing us. And she goes like, how would you feel if I just showed up to the house with a tiger? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Bria tells her, you're being very disrespectful. This is my emotional support dog. But Jasmine says, well, emotionally, I'm feeling very disrespected right now. (laughs) 
Bria says in a confessional, I don't know this, Jasmine. I thought we were close enough to say, yo, this is bothering me. Let's get to it. So Bria says again, I told you guys it was an emotional support dog. Preston is now kind of like in the mix. He's trying to hash things out with them. He's like, I think what Jasmine's trying to say is that she would have wanted a heads up. But Bria is like in her feelings at this moment. She grabs Milo. She's like, I'm not doing this with you. She walks away. Uh, Now I I am on Jasmine's side. Like y'all know that I'm a dog person. I work in animal care and to pull up at a house, especially a house full of black people and not tell them about a dog. This is a problem because one thing about black people is like you get a group of, I don't know, six of us. One of them is not going to fuck with the animals. At least, at least one of them is like, I don't fuck with cats. Dogs don't look at me. Don't breathe. I don't want the fur on the couch. I don't want to deal with it. No, thank you. So I completely get this. Like you don't just pull up on a vacation house for two weeks with an animal. Doesn't matter that Milo is so cute and he's so sweet. And the editors keep putting these like dun 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 uh, zoom ins on Milo. Milo in the most passive on his belly position in the sun. He has no idea that he's tearing this house apart. (laughs) And he's the cutest little thing. Mariah says, I don't want to be swimming in the pool like Ariel and I'm coming out of the water and get a mouthful of Milo fur. Like, that's all I'm saying. That's what I want. So Jordan says in a confessional, there's something off with her dynamic with uh, like Jasmine and Bria. There's something off about their dynamic, but she actually feels like it's really more coming from Jasmine than Bria. So at this point, Bria is like really pissed off because she doesn't like the way Jasmine talked about her. So she's going around the house asking everybody, do you guys have an issue with with Milo? They're like, no, not at all. Amir is doing his push-ups or sit-ups in the the little home gym. And she comes waltzing in with Milo and he goes, but I think Bria had no idea that he completely was terrified and did not know that she was walking in. She's like, do you have a problem with Milo? Are you okay with the dog? He's like, ugh. Yeah, I'm fine. If there's one minute I want you guys to go back and watch, like, look at how scared he actually, like, he really did not know that she was coming in. (laughs) So, like, I'm of two minds of it. Principal comes first. Absolutely, Bria should have said something about the dog. But the other side of it is that that Milo is so sweet. She's picked up the dog poop. Jasmine tried to pin that on her, but she did. We saw it that she did pick it up. And like everybody's like, hey, the dog's not bothering me. He has. I haven't even heard the thing bark. I don't even know he's around. So <laughs> later, Jordan tells Amir and Alex they're outside that she's been celibate for a year, and this like gets the wind out of Amir's sails immediately. Alex, of course, is like. I actually think that's really beautiful, Jordan. I've done the same in the past. And I think that's like a really beautiful journey for you to go on. But Amir's like, a whole year without sex? Mm Mm-mm. That's a no for me, dog. (laughs) So everybody's just chilling around the house. And Nick, in his extensive closet, brought some kind of leg massaging machine that you like, they're like, you put like, I don't know, they look like some of Mary J. Blige's old boots. (laughs) thigh high boots on um and I guess it squeezes and massages your legs right 
whatever. So she's just chilling. Milo's in like the very, very corner of the uh, couch. Like you can't see him. Bria's on her phone, getting her legs massaged on the couch and Preston's sitting at the kitchen table. So Jasmine pulls up. She does not see Bria is there. And she starts talking cash shit about Preston. Preston, I am so annoyed about this dog. I can't believe this. Like, I'm still feeling some type of way about this. <laughs> Preston's just sitting there like, mm, okay. So finally, Bria is like, I can hear you. And as soon as Jasmine turns around and she realizes that Bria's heard her this whole time, she switches it up so quickly. Oh my God, what are, what are you doing? Are you in a massager? Where did you get that from? Who brought that? Nick brought that? Oh my God, that is so cool. Girl, I got next. <laughs> but she then realizes, okay, I gotta say something to her now because she just heard me. So she sits down and is like, listen, Bria, if I offended you, I apologize. It's just like a really vulnerable position to be the one who got the whole group together because if it goes right, yay. And if anything goes wrong, we're looking at the Coopers. Okay, time out. Time out. (laughs) Time out. What is all this pressure? Like, I get that you're on a show. I understand that you want to represent yourself well, but the idea that like you two, you and your man, that chocolate drop of a man are like somehow responsible for everybody in the house. And if something goes wrong, what do you think like all of Twitter is going to be like, Jasmine Cooper, married woman, and Silas Cooper, her husband that she's married to, you guys are responsible. We're looking at you. (laughs) We're looking at you for this show. (laughs) So then Jasmine says in the truth booth, I'm triggered. But she goes on to say, I'm a wife now. This is about Milo still. What what the hell does Milo have to do with you being a wife now, bitch? But then she goes, you know, I have habits that I picked up from when I lived in the car. Like, I'm always in fight mode. And Bria's just kind of pushing my buttons right now. And okay, if that's your truth, I still don't really get it. But like, at least tell her that, you know, like, like on some Danielle and Lindsay shit. Tell her what you're mad about. Instead of being like making it all about you being married. I's married now. <laughs> and so therefore, get Milo out of the house. That does not make sense. So if it's about like you living in a car, okay, but then like we're going to need more explanation on that. But then say that. Because that had nothing to do with the ring on your finger. Milo has nothing to do with your state of wedded bliss. Not a thing. <laughs> so Bria tells Jasmine, I get it. I'm sorry for coming off rude. I'm sorry for not telling you about the dog first. But I kind of feel offended that you don't respect my relationship. So Jasmine does apologize for that. She's like, yeah, I get it. I would be offended if somebody was coming for my marriage, my institution. Bria says in a confessional, I really don't know how to feel about this conversation. Because at this point, like everybody's coming into the kitchen and like they kind of just had to dead it. She's like, the conversation was rushed and you got caught in the moment, Jasmine. Like the only reason why we had this conversation is because... You said it right in front of me unknowingly. And she's like, you know what? All right, whatever. 
Jasmine tells everybody they're going to be having an all-white dinner because if it's one thing about black people in the summer, we love an all-white party. All summer. Labor Day to Memorial Day or whichever. I'm a real dumbass. I don't know. Every summer I get to and like, which one is Labor Day? Which one comes first? Labor Day, Memorial Day. I think Labor Day is the second one, right? Don't at me. I'll figure it out later. But that is a secret about me. It's that every summer. And I mean every summer. I'm like, which one comes first? Is it Labor Day or Memorial Day? Let me move on. So they're going to be having this all-white dinner at a restaurant called Fish in town. So they're going in town. We're seeing what it looks like. And, um, you know, we get more history of, like, the Oak Bluffs, Oak Bluffs area of Martha's Vineyard, which opened its first inn for black people. And the Obamas have a house there. Kamala has a house there. It's a vibe. It's a whole vibe. This is where the well-to-do black people would vacation when they weren't allowed, like, in the Hamptons, even though we were in the Hamptons first, but we got kicked out of there. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just, like, I really, I really appreciated the history. So then we get to dinner, and Amir gives Jordan his jacket because it's, like, a little bit chilly. And then when he goes back to his seat, he just winks at everybody, like, uh, do you guys see me be a, a gentleman? Did everybody see that? He knows he's cute. And I can't take it. (laughs) So Jasmine asks everybody at the table, is anybody interested in everybody else? But at this point, everybody's over Jasmine and these stupid fucking questions. Alex says in a confessional, even Alex, Alex who doesn't drink, Alex, no pork on my fork. is like, can we chill? How many times do we have to go over this? Fortunately, everybody gets to order food and they're thinking, okay, maybe we got a break from the question. But no, we got to circle back about the single life. Again, Jasmine, you started dating Silas in summer of 2020. At this point, it's summer of 2022. You're barely out of the game in the grand scheme of things to be acting like you have no idea what's going on in the dating world. You've been in a relationship for two years, okay? The entirety, not married for two years, the entirety of your relationship has been two years. Calm down. Don't it like you, what are the apps? I don't know, what are you guys doing? I'm just so married, I don't know. And then Jasmine asks this Jack and Jill ass question, which by the way, if you guys don't know what Jack and Jill is, it's like a social organization for like wealthy black people and, and, and it's very exclusive and it's just like, kind of like a, like a debutante kind of thing, but it carries on like into, well, depending on how seriously you want to take it, it can extend into well into your adulthood. Like, well, well, well. Um, But she asked the question of, well, you know, we have so many single people. Why don't we just all go around and tell us your name and what you're working on? Jordan's like, I would like to have an organic conversation, Jasmine, instead of building off of a prompt. And everybody's like, yes, please. We agree. So then fortunately, Jasmine switches to talking about all the friendships she's made and like the dynamic that she has with Jordan and Shanice and the girls at the Playboy Club and Bria. 
So Silas is like trying to be a nice guy, but he's been dropping hints that he feels some type of way about Jordan. So he says, I love the friendship between Jordan and Jasmine, but you know, there would be times what I would call and they'd be out like at 2 a.m. out in the city. So then Alex says, I can totally see Jordan being the toxic friend. And Jordan's like, what the hell do you mean by that? Just because I like to go out and have fun? Alex tries to say he was kidding. I don't know. But then Jordan is like, what? What are you talking about? Like, what late nights are you referring to? And everybody says, like, they're kind of on Jordan's side with Silas. They're like, I mean, going out at two o'clock isn't really that crazy for New York. That's like pretty standard, right? So Silas is like, well, it just seemed like every time uh, Jasmine was out late at night, she was with Jordan. Okay, what point are you trying to make here? So Jordan says, what does that mean? Is there like a problem with it? Does Jasmine have a curfew? And they're both like, oh, no, no, no. I don't tell my wife to do It's never that. It's never going to be that. Like, okay. Silas says in a confessional that he went into the Army Reserves during the pandemic for six months. So he was just, he's still adjusting to seeing Jasmine out with her friends. Again, this is why you don't need to be acting like you don't know what the dating scene is like. You're still dating your husband. You guys are still dating. (laughs) So Silas can tell that he's like not really winning people on his side. So he tries to come up with some excuse about how one night he called Jasmine and Jasmine said she was getting free drinks. And he's like, well, I just feel like it's fair for me as a husband (laughs) to ask where these drinks are coming from. But that's on your wife. Ask her then. Jordan says we were at a party and it had an open bar That was the free drinks that she was referring to. It wasn't like some dude was buying them for us. So you got nothing here, Silas. Lamey, wacky, whack, 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 corny, cornball. Jordan says in a confessional, the idea that like men need to be our knight in shining our armor, that we can't go out without being praised, really weird. So Nick has been fully team Jordan this whole time. He's like, I don't, understand what you're trying to say Silas like what's the issue what's wrong with going outside and Silas like nothing it was just that it was late now I knew that if you guys see Silas you might think that he's a hard 45 to 47 that man is I think he said 31 or 32 you're too young to be this corny. You're too young (laughs) to be this corny. And like, if you guys want to be corny, this is what we were saying about Hampton Summer House. You guys are going to be getting married and it's not going to be making sense for you guys to be having a summer share with your friends who are partying. That's the disconnect because y'all seemingly, the Coopers, want to be on some like Barack and Michelle shit like we're together on the run tour at Martha's Vineyard but then but y'all are like trying to police and act like Jordan as a single woman living in New York is like so wild for going to parties with open bars and being out at two o'clock at night it's really really stupid it was late you're late 
And then here comes Jasmine's corny ass again in a confessional saying, Silas and I have the same last name now. So if anything goes down, I'm going to stick beside him because we're literally one at this point, according to Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, according to this dinner table, both of y'all need to go to bed. Isn't it late? So we end the episode with Preston talking about like the gender dynamics and like the idea that like men always want to protect women. But like, what if Jordan just wanted to, or Jasmine just wanted to go out with her homegirl? And then Jordan says, and on to top of that, I'm single. So what are you trying to say about me being out without a man to protect me? I'm extremely protected. I'm aware of my surroundings. And because I've known Jasmine prior to you, I got her. I'm protecting her too. So Jordan says in a confessional, you don't want the smoke from me. I'm not the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10. And that's on period, Silas. And I'm so excited to see what happens in episode two. Looks like we get a fight, a, a hot tub fight. Oh, I'm so excited. You guys, I hope you watched the show. I hope you enjoyed the recap. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're able to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk later this week (sighs) about Vanderpump. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you.